Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, everyone. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 105 of the podcast. It's the 3rd of January, 2018, as I record this intro. My guest this week is Nick Hess, a.k.a. the Unschool Dad. He and his wife unschool their five children, and we chat about his family's move to unschooling, uh, what it was about unschooling that resonated with him, what he's found challenging and surprising about unschooling as it has unfolded in their lives, the inspiration behind the Unschool Dad, and lots more. And Happy New Year! But before I dive into my personal update, I need to set the record straight. A couple of episodes ago, in my conversation with Milva McDonald, I shared that she began unschooling in 1991, and I mentioned that that was a year before we started. Well, I had my decades mixed up. 1992 stood out for me, but it was because it was the year my eldest, Joseph, was born. We began unschooling in 2002, just before his 10th birthday. I'm sorry for any confusion if any of you were trying to reconcile that with other information I've shared over the years. I had a good laugh when Ann Oman messaged me to ask if that's what I really meant. (laughs) Okay, with that done, let's get back to my update. I had a wonderful holiday. Uh, Lissy was home for a week and we caught up with each other's lives and plans, played games, spent a day baking watched some cheesy movies, hiked in the forest, and basically just relaxed. The boys played games with us too, and we got in a couple of Mario Party games, which is a family favorite. Lots of food, and we also hosted my extended family for dinner on Christmas Day, which was lots of fun. Now, to be clear, having a wonderful holiday doesn't mean that everything went, quote, perfectly. That's not really a comparison I've made for many years. Things just unfold as they do. There was an unexpected trip to the clinic one early morning to discover that Michael had strep throat, and he worked every day except for Christmas Day, so we organized our celebrations around his schedule. Then there was the morning last week when I was taking Lissy and her little dog Burton back to the airport to return to New York City, and it was so cold that our car wouldn't start. We tried for a few minutes, and then I asked my dad if I could borrow his car. So we moved her luggage and the doggy over and finally hit the road to the city. As I parked, I said, well, that was quite the adventure. See, as a family, we pretty much always framed the unexpected things that happen in life as adventures. If you look up the word adventure, one definition is an exciting or very unusual experience. It fits perfectly when things go awry. They're definitely unusual and pretty often pulse-pounding for a few minutes as you try to figure out alternatives. And in the end, we celebrate having figured something out. Well, in this case, after all that, the airport was practically a ghost town, and she was at her gate with lots of time to spare. And bonus, her flight left on time. So just because one thing goes sideways, it doesn't mean the rest of the day is doomed. Every moment stands alone because with each new moment, we get to choose how we act and react. 
We don't need to bring the frustration of one moment into the freshness of the next. So yes, our holidays were wonderful, and I hope you enjoyed yours as well. I'm also enjoying getting back into my routines. I want to send a huge thank you to everyone who has chosen to support the show on Patreon and a big welcome to new patron Veronica Arrow. You guys inspire me to keep exploring this fascinating world of unschooling. I really appreciate your support in sharing unschooling information with anyone who's curious to learn more about this wonderful lifestyle. And if you'd like to support the show, even for as little as a dollar a month, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And this week's quote is from Nick. For thousands of years, humans learn naturally. When you let it happen and you get there and you do not force it, you're just there helping them. And I think that is the important part, is that you have to be there. I mean, me and my wife are constantly with our children. You have to be there to help them and guide them, answer their questions, or help them spell something. And when you are there and you are just part of your children's lives, you just see it all. You come together and it is truly a magical lifestyle that we live. It is just amazing. I loved so much in there. I love how Nick describes this lifestyle as magical. And he nails it when he says that the important part is being there. Yet being there isn't about asserting our presence, about controlling the action. It's about being available. As he explained, you have to be there to help them with whatever. And how, when you are just part of your children's lives, you see their lives unfold. And it's breathtakingly beautiful. It's magical. And now, let's get to my conversation with Nick. Hi everyone, I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today I'm here with Nick Hess. Hi Nick! Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. If people don't know, Nick is an unschooling dad with five children. And I said that because you may know him online as the Unschooled Dad. He's got an active Facebook page and he's on Instagram as well. And it's always fun to uh, catch all the interesting pictures and quotes and stuff he shares. I'm excited to learn more about his family's unschooling experience. So to get us started, Nick, can you share with us a bit about you and your family? Sure. Um, I've been married to my wife for almost 20 years. Uh we have five kids, as you said. Uh, my oldest is 17. Um, my next is Rosie, um, Isabella, who's 13, uh, Nick Jr., who's 11, Evangeline, who's nine, and Joshua, who is six. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that... We have uh, a lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that turns into a lot of fun, right? Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, I do love hearing uh, what unschooling kids are up to. It's always fun to see the kinds of things that they're exploring. So I was hoping you might share what they're interested in right now. Uh, sure. Um, it's mainly a lot of art in our house. Um, I'll start with my oldest daughter, uh, Rosie. She, uh, a couple of years ago, she's an active artist. And she published, she's an illustrator for a children's unschooling book. Um it's called Bubbles and Puddles, Our Unschooling Adventure by Christy Howe. Uh, she drew all the illustration for the book, and uh, she just loves to draw. Uh, I think she was the first one who started drawing, and uh, 
it really led to other ones to spark their interest into drawing. Uh, and it goes with my second daughter is a self-taught whale artist, um, Isabella. She draws orcas and all kinds of marine mammal life. Um, it's just amazing. Some of her pictures look like photos. They do, uh, like yeah. It's, just, like, it's pretty amazing. Um, <clears throat> we just got back from California, actually. We uh, took her, we seen some live dolphins off the coast. So hopefully she'll get some inspiration from that. Um, then uh, my third son, Nick Jr., he's a chef. He loves to cook. Um, I share his pictures as well. I, uh, this kid could outcook uh, all the adults I know. <laughs> <laughs> He makes everything from scratch, and it's just he's very passionate about it. He just, that's one thing that he just loves to do. And uh, most kids want toys and things like that. No, he wants uh, kit, uh, kitchen utensils. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Evangeline is another little artist. Uh, what's cool is that she's starting younger than my first two, and she has her older sisters to help her out. So I'm really excited what her drawings are going to look like as she progresses and older. She likes to draw a lot of uh, original characters and things like that. And my fifth, Joshua, is a video game addict. He loves to, the challenge of video games. He's very competitive. Whoever plays with him knows that he's going to be very competitive. He loves to, to win. Um, he loves uh, Epic Mickey 2 right now, and he can play that game over and over again. That's awesome. I remember trying the first Epic Mickey. That was really hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> he sit there and he, he, he'll watch YouTube uh, tutorials and he, he works through that for only being six years old. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that sounds, I, I love hearing um, what they're interested in because, you know, they, they just get, they just th throw themselves into it, really, right? It's not like um, kids oh that's my kids interest no they they you know are just human beings throwing themselves into whatever exactly. it is yeah it's just so fun to watch them isn't it it's just their passion and it's just like you see it their freedom they have i mean they could be in school all day but like why when they could be at home really learning their passion with things that really excite their soul and really the freedom of being a human being just to do what you want uninhibited without it's amazing it's just it's truly magical to watch and see it's truly honored as a father that i'm able to see it in my children i love that phrase you used excite their soul because you, you could you, that's what it looks like isn't it i'm, I'm speechless yeah. here <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's and truly magical i mean it, like sometimes it, it's, just, it's just wow <laughs> i know i know that's awesome um, so I was hoping you could share with us what your family's move to unschooling looked like. Well, actually, it's a pretty interesting journey. I actually started when I was very young. Uh, I was in public school, obviously, in the public school system. I was born and raised in Los Angeles, so I was part of the California educational system. Um, I really disliked school when I was little. I, I was never bullied or anything, and I had friends. I grew up with all the kids I, on my blog. We had, I had great friends. There was no problem with that. It just was boring to me. It was just a complete other bore. Like I knew there was always something better for me. Then, and when I was in the fourth grade, uh, my dad wanted to go back east. He had wanted. He was originally from West Virginia. And he wanted to go see his family. So uh, he went and asked the school, "Hey, I want to take my son back east for a couple months. Is there any way you guys can put the work together so he could do it?" And they're like, no, you just have to take him out and go register him wherever you're going in the new school. So they took me out. 
but they didn't register me in a new school. So I really got to truly experience what it was like to be life without school. And it was amazing. So from being very small, from being in the fourth grade to realize what school was, then when I, we came back and they put me in, they put me right where I was left off. They didn't tell me anything. They just put me back in the class. Like nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. So that really impacted me young, what the true meaning of school was. And it just, from then on, it just really resonated with me what what the school system was about. So have, have any of your children been to school at all? Um, they haven't. Um, my oldest, uh, when we first started, uh, we decided to homeschool. Rosie, uh, we uh, we knew we were going to homeschool from this from the beginning, uh, but we put her in a, a homeschool program, a charter school that gave us a curriculum. And uh, the whole thing with that was she was in kindergarten, and she was the California state testing came along, and she was fearful of the test, and that really triggers like we told her, you know, we don't care what you score, and you could write anything, uh, you know, just. It's, the fear, the fear that kept on coming across really made us think and really realize what it was about. So actually my wife that uh, during a homeschool group, uh, somebody introduced her to Thomas Jefferson Education, mm-hmm. a book. And from then on, it just she read a John Holt book and we just realized the whole time uh, there's so much more out there than than the schooling system. That's really cool. And so what were the pieces that resonated with you as you were, as you know, she was reading John Holt and bringing those ideas um, into your lives? What were the pieces that helped you feel really confident about moving to unschooling? Like I said, a lot with my own personal experience and uh, and especially when I, in high school, my parents were very supportive of me and uh in high school, I still had the same feelings of of not wanting to be there. So I started ditching. Mm-hmm. I would go. I live in L.A. I had a bus pass that would take me anywhere in L.A. County. So I would take off. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents didn't know at first. And uh, I would go to the Tonight Show and <laughs> I would be like stuck in. There was only one time I got stuck in downtown L.A. like at 11 o'clock at night. And I had to call my parents to tell them where I was at because they thought I was at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. And I admit it. And I'm very grateful to my friends because they didn't get mad. I had to wait for my dad to get off work and come get me. But my parents always respected that. They always seen in me that I was different, that I, I, it was a different journey for me. So I was really thankful that my parents were really respectful for me for that. And they let me drop out of my senior year. And at the time, I had no idea, but my dad got a job transfer to Honolulu. And I was, uh, was going to go register for high school, but I didn't really want to. I'd rather explore Hawaii, and so it was really cool that I was able, they didn't force me to go register, they let me get a job, so I got a job, and my senior year of high school, I really spent exploring Hawaii and their culture, and it was a really, truly experience, so through that, when it came to hearing about on-schooling, hearing about John Holt, and I mean, that man is amazing, This everything about what he writes really resonated with everything, what we wanted for our children. I know it's it's almost like a light bulb, isn't it? It's like it you knew it internally, but it didn't really come out until you read that. It's like, well, yeah, of course, that makes so much sense. Yeah, <laughs> at first I thought, well, this kid is in school, and 
here I am a high school dropout and but there's like yeah, like you said a light bulb there's so much once you realize and you see somebody put it in walls what life is about it's that light bulb goes off and from then you can't look back I mean I can't look back I don't question on schooling I can't think of any other way as our family grows and and everything about it just encompasses our daily lives and it's just amazing and does does that help you look back more positively too on on that that high school time and and you know your parents being okay with you um exploring hawaii for example instead of finishing high school and and getting a job and that kind of stuff do you look more positively Um, on that now definitely definitely. um at first it's uh the whole self-education movement and it's never stopped me from being who i wanted to be yeah i mean it's like many people say that you need to have a diploma you need to have a degree you need to have so many things in life to be successful but to be honest it's never stopped one thing i wanted in life that degree or a job i needed or my business it's never been in the way actually it's been been able to teach myself along the way has helped me more than i think school ever did for me Mm -hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense so then what for you um was the most challenging aspect of moving to unschooling you know i think it would have to be family Um, Mm -hmm. because me and my wife were she's pretty much we're, we're always on the same page with a lot of things in life but our our family could have been pretty um not supportive it's like oh, you guys are crazy <laughs> yeah it's just like uh, a whole thing and th- i think that was a challenge because this you're constantly having to, like a facebook post would just trigger somebody and it's like your cousin's daughter's a teacher and she wants to fight with you why <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i think it was that was like the biggest part and as the years go by just like when people try to ask me to go fight their unschooling fights i'm just like i'm over it. if people get it they get it if they don't they don't and i can talk to them but so many people just like how dare you kids need school and it's like i'm at this point where i've seen it in my own life i see it in my children's lives i see the incredible things my children do i it's just the family just it's hard because sometimes people are close to their family and it's just like the family at them every day but it's just when you finally get over just not caring what they think anymore and just like hey we know what we're doing at the end, you'll see our kids flourish and everything. And I think that's the whole point. It was just, I think the family was probably the hardest, the most challenging aspect of, of really of it all. I mean, the years ago when we started this all. So did you find yourself for a while um, when you were first starting um, kind of pulling away for a while because you found that it was conflicting like I know for us for for a while that first year we uh did you know less family occasions because they were so confrontational because it was new to them they felt they could change our mind and I was still learning and getting comfortable because I didn't have a uh experience yet right I hadn't spent a year or two seeing my kids unschooling and knowing in my bones that this was awesome we were just trying it out so you know, uh, that was one of the things that helped us. Did you find that as well? Well, I think well, the biggest thing that really helped us is uh, we moved from California and all our family, both sides of our families in California. Ah. And we moved to 
So basically, we only see them a couple times a year. So that daily thing besides the Facebook post mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that, that they were constantly, then this is finally moving away, this really being us and really being who we are. And my parents have always been supportive of, of it, and they moved to Arizona with us. And uh, and it's yeah. just that whole support of of that with us, my wife, and us as a team, as as a family, I think helped. And that whole move really helped a lot where it wasn't every day, just the bombardment of it every day. Yeah. So what was behind the move? Was that something that just happened coincidentally? Or did you yeah, guys kind of, it was a coincidence? Yeah. Yeah, it was a coincidence. Um, in our business, we saw fairs and festivals throughout mainly uh-huh. the Western US. And we were doing a couple of events in Arizona. And uh, just the cost of living in Arizona is much more cheaper than California at the time. It was during about 10 years ago before the whole collapse of the economy and the housing mm-hmm. and, and everything here was just so much cheaper. So this will happen at that 10 year mark when my daughter was that the whole school thing. That's when we just finally over oh, leaving and, and we moved here. And that's when we really started our, our journey without. Yeah, no stuff. And yeah, oh, that's really interesting. That's cool how it worked out, right? <laughs> yeah. So what has surprised you most so far about how unschooling has unfolded in your lives? Um, the most surprising thing would be just how children teach us. Like I, at first, I didn't realize you know, just when you're open and you have an open relationship with your children, you have a good relationship with your, your children, and you're your children's friends. I mean, our children are our best friends. They truly teach you. They truly teach you about everything. There's some things that my son will come up to me and talk to me about something in World War II, and he's only 11. And it's like something, oh, wow. Like, thank you for that information. <laughs> and like the knowledge they have and this, it's just overall, it's just amazing just the facts and the things that, like truly, I don't believe my my daughter, if my children were in school, I, the artists, the creativity they have, I think it would be stifled. I, it would just, because they would have to come home and do homework and they would have to do this, we'd constantly be on them. But the whole thing just allows them to be, creative and flow and just let everything flow this natural living this I love that that idea of of flow that is something that that I was totally um surprised by right because because before that so much of our day is scheduled and organized and everything and um you kind of think hands off and not having that schedule that we just kind of you know, sit or that's what you assume. We'll just kind of sit around and do nothing unless we kind of plan it. Right. But it's yeah. so wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and you're right about how much they, they teach us because once you're on equal footing as people, right. As just all human beings and everybody's just sharing what they find interesting with each other it's it's amazing all the bits and pieces that they pick up and and it's so lovely when you can say thank you I didn't know that and that happens so often doesn't it every day every day it's something new every day it's just it's truly about freedom is freedom and to allow them to access to things uh, um, to really access technology to access the information on the internet and where they could go I mean when my younger kids uh, 
still, I mean, the little ones don't know how to read, but they could talk it to Google and ask that their little tablet anything they want in the world. Mm-hmm. And that information is at their fingertips. And that's how it's, that's the amazing part is when they're curious about something like the election. I mean, we don't really talk about politics, but they'll come up to us and talk about politics or, or just a million things that you wouldn't think little kids would talk about. But that freedom and that that flow is just so magical. Just kids are interested in things. They're interested in the world. They're interested about a lot of things. And when you give them that freedom to explore the world, what it truly is, they explore, they learn. And it's, it's truly magical. I love that word magical because it, it does seem like that, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. Um, so I did mention earlier that you post uh, regularly on Facebook and Instagram as the unschooled dad. Um, and you share a lot of great inspirational quotes as well as pictures from your unschooling lives. And I really enjoy following you guys. So I would love to know what inspired you to start that project. Actually, that was kind of a mistake. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just created the account one day, uh, the unschooled dad, to share memes I liked or quotes I liked off the Internet. So I wouldn't hurt people because I was tired of arguing with people. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, one day, like I had my mother's cousin's uh, daughter was studying to be a teacher and like they were just totally offended and got into this big heated argument. So I was like, you know, I'm just tired of this. These people just don't get it. So I said, I'm going to make a page. I'm just going to share memes that I see on the Internet that I like. That I could go back and look that somehow one meme got shared and went viral. All of a sudden I had a thousand followers and it's just 2,000 followers. And it's just, <laughs> it's just been, I think I have almost 47,000 followers. And yeah. I, it's just by word of mouth. I've never put anything into it. Um, I would like to blog, but I don't really have the time. I probably eventually will start blogging um, to share my our experiences as a family. But it's just, it's really cool how it's grown. It's just, and what's really keeping me is sometimes it's it's hard work um, to really keep up on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the messages I get, like, oh, thank you for showing us that this could be done. And it's just that's inspires me to do more to show people there's really another way to to give your children freedom. And um, I get more positive. Like I said, you piss off the teachers every once in a while, but. Um, it's more positive than anything to really helping families see another way to live their lives. I love that it started because, so I guess you were posting things on your personal page, right? And that was sparking discussion. So then when you made uh, an unschooling focused one, then, then you're more attracting people that are interested just in that. That's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) And it's true. Yeah. Um, with, uh, Instagram, it's more focused because it's people that want to see you. On Facebook, sometimes, you know, with the algorithms of Facebook share it to somebody that doesn't want to see it and uh, somebody likes it and they'll show it to somebody's oh, like yeah. said, a family member. Like, oh, how dare you? What are you thinking? This child mm-hmm. abuse it. But Less Instagram, often. I like Instagram. Yeah. Uh, Instagram is more directed at people that want to follow you. Like it doesn't show up in somebody else's newsfeed. Mm-hmm. So that helps a lot. Very cool. And and I loved your point about how sometimes that can be like kind of the first first light bulb moment for someone, because those those memes, um, quotes are 
are like little seeds, aren't they? That, you know, may just pass and pass and then then they start to connect in the background for people and then they get more curious. I, I think it's I think it's lovely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like even some people that even you know, to be honest, even some people that are just like, oh wow, I never thought of that are uh, the when you incorporate this to onschooling and attachment parenting, the peaceful parenting. And overall just truly like respecting uh, when they see the, a child for who they are, they're a human being. And that's what it really comes down to. Like we, we treat children like there's some kind of oddity and like, oh, we need to, you need to do this, you need to do this, we need to, for these 12 years, you need to go to school and learn all these things. But, but truly it's just for the human right of a child to see who they are and to really let them blossom is, is magical. And that's so true, right? Because, I mean, we start with unschooling, but quickly we get to the the foundation, like what simmers underneath that. Unschooling is built on these relationships with our children, right? And and that is 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 human. You know, you even if school has to be in the picture, you can still have a respectful, um, you know, trusting, loving human being a uh, based relationship with your child right yeah definitely and just like my children uh at the beginning of this school year they were interested in in the online school my uh, 11 year old and nine year old so they asked us and we respected their decision and we enrolled them it only one of them didn't start it my uh daughter didn't start it she said forget it and my son he did it for a week but couldn't stand it mm-hmm. and but I respected their decision to try it and uh, they tried it. Now he knows, now he knows that he didn't like it and that he had a chance to do it. And it was just so time consuming because had to, it was a homeschool uh, part of the curriculum where he had to sit there at least for five hours in front of the computer and do all their common core math. And he realized what, what it was about. And he, after a week he asked not to do it. So it was truly amazing to see him to let him make that decision about his schooling. Not mean like you have to do this. But mm-hmm. let him give him the freedom that at 10, 11 years old, that he knows he has the freedom to choose what he wants in life. That I, my happiness comes from his happiness, where he wants to do the really the pleasure of life is to see them happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's the... For me, I mean, that's where my Living Joyfully uh, website came from, right? Because you realize that that when you're pursuing um, those things that get us excited, that bring us joy, that make us happy, that's where all the, um, even, even, you know, the negative things that happen and, and everything, but that's all life, right? Those are experiences, they mean something to us because we're pursuing them but from our own volition, right? Because we're interested. Yeah, when we are pursuing the things that um, are fascinating to us, right? That's when we yeah. just learn so much, no matter what happens in the end, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, for example, with reading, um, and I think this is probably a lot of people, it's good that we didn't live around family because I never forced my children to read and uh, their desire came from playing video games to chat. And it's uh, it's it's truly magical. I mean, I, I think that the whole magical thing of onschooling mm-hmm. is watching a child learn how to read naturally and from being inspired by something they love. 
And uh, with my older Toontown was a big thing a couple of years ago. And uh, they had subscriptions, but you had to chat with other people in the group. And so they asked, hey, we, we want to read. So it's truly magical seeing them, the desire to learn. Like most people like, well, your kid is 10 and this is not to read yet. But it seems about that is the age when all my children really had a desire. Like we never forced them. We just let it flow. And to see that flow of reading and see it naturally and from a passion, from their desires to learn how to read. And I just, or my daughter seems like she could write better than I can. And she had never, never kind of any kind of form of curriculum on mm-hmm. writing. And I see them write and I see them talk, like especially my oldest and communicate with other people. And it's like, wow, can you teach me? (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. Yeah, you never think like, they're so focused, um, you know, within the curriculum in schools to um, teach the skill, right? Um, Mm. Because this is a skill that you'll need. But when you have the patience to follow that flow, the need for those skills comes up in life naturally doesn't it and to see them hit that and so you know that's picking up that skill it's not about the skill it's about the need satisfying the need right and they'll pick up that skill along the way and it's just when you let it flow naturally and just like all the things like math and and all the little things like i know i understand there's some children that pick up reading early Mm -hmm. there's some children that want to read earlier but when you see it and you let it flow everything in life i I mean for thousands of years humans learn naturally Mm -hmm. and uh when you let it happen and you just you don't get there and you don't force it and you're just there helping them and i I think that's the important part is you have to be there i mean me and my wife are constantly with our children you have to be there to help them and guide them answer their questions or help them spell something or and when you just when you're there and you're just part of your children's lives and you just see it all you come together and it's truly a magical lifestyle that we live it's just mm-hmm. it's amazing the, it's really yeah. yeah and that's such a good point too because you know if they're um like you say when you're with them you know if they're not at a place where say reading is going to come together for them we're there to help them to read for them you know so that you don't hold a skill hostage on them. You know what I mean? No, if you want that, you, you got to figure out how to read. <laughs> Actually, we had a problem like that. It's a perfect example. Yeah. Uh, we had a family member that came over and uh, he's, he has a college degree and uh, he's into engineering. He bought my son all these different little engineering things. And um, he told him, this was a couple of years ago, he said, I'm not going to teach you because you can't read. And we were like flabbergasted. It's like, you missed a moment with this child that you could share all your knowledge with, but you told him that because he can't read, you're not going to help him. And it was just amazing that people think this way. It's like he could have probably learned way more by you sitting there explaining him the things later in life, applying it to something that he was excited about in his life than not choosing to, to connect with him. It was just amazing. It was just crazy to us to think that somebody would say that. Yeah, I know. It it just makes no sense to, you know, it, it just because it's not um, something that comes up in our lives, right? Like you said, it was uh, somebody from the outside coming in. And, and sometimes it surprises you because it's been so long since you've seen that 
kind of approach or attitude towards yeah, kids, exactly. right? Yeah. And that's what's helped us a lot, like I said, moving away and seeing that outside for, I mean, like 98% of my friends on Facebook are on school or so. Yeah. <laughs> Over the years, like people meet it up and it's just, I'm surrounded by it a lot and uh, our friends are on school or so. It's just, when somebody outside approaches me, it's just like, whoa, we've been doing this for a long time. I think we know it works. <laughs> <laughs> and our last question, Nick, um, as an unschooling dad, what piece of advice would you like to share with dads who are considering or just starting out on this journey? I think the biggest thing, and one of my favorite quotes by John Holt, is to uh, really trust children. And uh, to trust children, you know, you must learn to trust yourself, that John Holt quote. Mm-hmm. And I think just be open-minded. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I see this question a lot in groups. I don't really participate in groups. Um, see the mom like my husband just won't get it. And I'll, sometimes they'll send me a message on Instagram like, how do I convince my husband to on school? Or my mother-in-law just doesn't get it. And, and uh, <laughs> I think the biggest part for dads is to really trust your children and, and just be open-minded, be supportive, be listening. I mean, I know sometimes dads go away for work and uh, they're working a lot. So it's a lot of times the responsibility of the mom, a lot with the kids. But really listen to your spouse, your significant other on what's really going on and be supportive. I mean, children are learning. And when you give them that environment, give them that environment of freedom. I mean, so many times our society says, know this, know this. We constantly want to restrict, restrict, restrict. But children are very good at self-regulating. When you give them the freedom to be on the internet to explore what they want, let them explore. I, our, our future is technology. I, there's, give them the freedom to be who they are. And uh, just like I know many people, like my example, when I was, my passions, like dads that have passions, it's like when you learn about your passions or you're learning about something new, you learn just like your children will learn. And just overall, just really trust, respect the child, just respect, be supportive. I mean, it's just that unless there's some kind of mentally where your children's not learning or writing, they'll learn, they'll get it. As long as you're there, as long as one parent is there, they're guiding them and and directing them, they're learning. And you give them that freedom to pursue what they want. They're going to learn. I love that. I think that that open-mindedness is is so important because it is such a big leap. It's so unconventional at first, isn't it? But if you can have that open-mindedness and just hold that trust for a while and and let things flow, you'll you'll see for yourself all these things will happen, won't they? Yes, definitely. And yeah, like I said, it, it it is hard. I guess it is hard for some people to realize like with that whole school thing then coming to something where you let children be free is a really hard decision, but it's really well worth it. It's really worth it just to see them and just to, to blossom into these amazing human beings, these amazing people. I mean, and another thing I think what dads do, they think they need to be this, they think they need to be the father figure and, and set these rules in their house, but free your children from arbitrary rules and it's just be your children's friend. That's, I have amazing relationships with my children. Mm-hmm. My Our teenagers are amazing human beings. Like you see people complain about their teenagers, it's like, 
I can't complain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're amazing. I mean, when you give them freedom and you respect them, you have to be their friend. And they'll come to you when my daughter has a problem. She comes to my wife for her eye. When she's sad, when anything outside force, anything outside influence where they're bothered, they come to you. And that's the effect of onschooling I want, is they come to us instead of going to finding some other kind of thing to fulfill their need. When they can know they can come and talk to us and we could help them solve the problem or figure something out. And uh, I think that's what the true experience that is about. Yeah, like they know that we have their backs, right? That they're not going to be judged. They're not going to, you know, um, um, be be uh, punished. There's the word. I couldn't even think of the word. It's been a long time. <laughs> but yeah, when you're on the same team, you know, that doesn't mean things are perfect or, or anything like that because, you know, stuff happens in life. Things go wrong. But when they know you've got their back, like you said, they're going to come to you, right? Because they know you have the experience. They know you love them. And they have this comfortable relationship with you to sort through things and to try and figure out a path forward, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's like the biggest thing that made my public schooling tolerable was I know my parents had my back from being very little. Mm-hmm. Um my mom always, I was the youngest, so uh, my brother and sister were oldest, were older and already had moved out. And uh, my mom always had my back from being, when I was little, I remember being like three or four, and we were somewhere, and I was just looking at candy. And the lady was like, don't touch that. And my mom immediately told that lady, hey, don't talk to my kid, don't talk to my son like that. So from being very little, I knew my mom would stand up for me. So throughout my school, when I knew something was wrong, no matter if I was right, or the school was right, or if I was wrong, I could go home to my mom, and my mom would be right down at the school telling them where to put it. And <laughs> that's very important, and especially because I grew up in the inner city of L.A. There's a lot of gangs and things like that. And um, I could have been influenced anyway. And, uh, but I knew my mom, my parents were very supportive of me. And uh, that's true. That's like the most important key, I think, in all of it, is just being there for them and uh, helping them through life so they know they could come to you and not go somewhere else. That's such a great point, Nick. And I think you're right. It does. It boils down to that relationship in the end, doesn't it? Yes. And that relationship lasts a lifetime, not just for these compulsory school years, right? You're building a life with them. Yeah, life. Like, it's a lifestyle. It's our whole life. And and what's really like a lot of people think, oh, this unschooling education method for your children, but it's it's not. It's it's life. Even it helped, uh, like my wife and I, when we first really started going through this, it helped us question things in life, made us better critical thinkers of so many other things mm-hmm. in life. And it's just like we're like learning, and it's just it's amazing just overall the knowledge and, and just the things you start questioning and just over and over, and it's just like it's it's a lifestyle. It's just everything encompasses your life, learning and growing and questioning. And it's just, it's awesome. That's right. It's awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Nick. I had so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me and for having me to share. Yeah, no, I loved hearing a bit more about your story. That's great. 
And before we go, where's the best place for people to connect with you online if they would like to follow along as well? Um, Facebook at the On School Dad or Instagram at the On School Dad. Perfect. And I will share links to that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Nick. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out the first book in my Living Joyfully with Unschooling series, Free to Learn, Five Ideas for a Joyful Unschooling Life. In it, I share the five paradigm-changing ideas that most help me better understand unschooling. Reviewers have said, A quick read, but packed with ideas that challenge the dominant paradigm of our failing approach to learning, this little gem makes an excellent argument for unschooling. And, I was rather doubtful about this book, as I had never heard of the author, but after reading it, I wish that I had read it years ago. I hope you find it helpful too. Free to Learn has also been translated into French and Spanish. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.